I'm going to uh, talk about being spiritually minded. Now, we said that we, or the last few weeks, I don't know how long it will go for, but maybe this will be the last one, I'm not sure. But the Lord said, take a few weeks and, and talk about things that are in line with the vision, specifically the mind, because as you cast vision, as we're talking about what we're coming into, that's the area that will cause people to stumble the most is the mind. Amen? If you, it's always that way. It's not as much your body, although your body can mess you up too, but it's your mind. Your mind controls your body. If you can deal with your mind, you can really harness much of your life. Do you understand? If you can deal with your mind, you can also deal with your words. So your mind is really the key issue. I know it doesn't sound maybe the most exciting subject in the world, but it is one of the most important. And I want to just share from my heart. Um, you know, I don't normally say words like this, but when I say I'm going to talk to you from my heart, many times that's code for, I don't really know how to say this. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? If I'm talking from my heart, I don't always, it's not always that polished. I'm still developing. I'm still trying to articulate certain things. Ever felt like that? You got some revelation. You're still articulating, learning how to articulate certain things when you talk to people. You don't always feel that way, but sometimes on certain subjects I do. So that's my little code to say, I just want to talk to you from my heart um, because I'm trying to articulate something that is difficult. I find a little difficult to articulate. Okay, so let me start with this. We, I think most of us, are fairly good, skillful, at recognizing when the devil's attacking our minds yes. and, and, then, and then answering that. A lot of Christians don't even know that. They don't even, they don't even recognize the devil attacking their minds. And they don't even answer that. Do you understand? If you're having nightmares, that's the devil attacking your mind. Yes, sir. Don't put up with that. Answer it. Do you understand? If you're having panic attacks, there's no panic attacks in heaven. You belong to heaven. Remember what I preached last Wednesday. If you weren't here, please get the thing because it's not that I'm the best, but there was revelation and impartation in last week's message about you being the head of your house and not putting up with certain things. When Orville went to heaven, he said, that's not of heaven. Gross are not of heaven. Those are the gross in your daughter's body. That's not of heaven. And you belong to heaven. Why are you putting up with that? You're the boss of your house. You're the head of your house. If you didn't speak to those in my name and curse them, if you speak to them in my name and curse them, they'll die and they'll wither and disappear if you believe and don't doubt. Do you understand? So uh, I, think, I think a lot of times we don't even recognize that things that we face are from the devil, but I think we're growing in general and we're getting more skillful in recognizing when something is not our thought, it's the devil's thought, He's influencing us, and we're learning, all of us, myself included, we're learning to be more skillful, to be quick to answer that thought, and say, no, you don't, in Jesus' name. I'm the head of my house. This is my property. My mind is my property, and you have no right to come on my property, not just physical property. My body, my mind is my property. You can't touch my property. And I commend you to stop in Jesus' name, okay? For example... And I wasn't that skillful with it, but I'm getting better. But years ago, so situation in the church, and that's maybe where I'm more susceptible. Maybe you have different areas that you're susceptible in. But in one way for me is when a congregation member takes out a long butcher knife, smiles at me, and then stabs me in the back and twists it as they're stabbing it. And that has happened more times than I can count. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about, Reverend Greg. And you were involved in a situation where somebody was lying about us, wanted to go to the newspaper, remember that situation? And they, and they wanted to print lies about us, and I didn't know what to do. And, and I remember standing in the kitchen, and my, I was very emotional and upset about it because when you've been wronged, and in this situation, there was absolutely nothing, like zero, not 1%, 
not half a percent, nothing that we had done to deserve that. It was a complete demonic attack. He was, this person was completely deceived. And they were, they were going at me. And I remember Jenny standing in the kitchen with you. And, I'm, and, and, I, and I knew by my spirit, by the word of knowledge, there was a demon standing about 30 feet off me. And he put a thought in my mind. And I knew it was from him. And that thought came, you don't have to put up with this. This kind of stuff is not what you signed up for. You wanted to work with animals in Africa. Can you believe you're putting up with this? These kind of louses that you bend over backwards and then this is how they treat you. You don't have to put up with this. You know, you could do something else in life. That thought came to me. And I knew the Holy Ghost said rebuke that thought. Now, I didn't have all the revelation then as I do now about answering it. But I still knew enough to know, to say, no, in Jesus' name, no, 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 no. But because I was so upset and emotional and grieved and hurt and pained, and you do strange things when you're like that. You're not always yourself when you're like that. I thought to myself, you know what? I remember intentionally, I remember exactly where I was standing. I remember where Jenny was standing. And I thought to myself, out of a rebellious attitude because I was angry, not rebellious against God, I don't know, just, I just didn't want to be told what to do by God at that moment. I wanted to have my little tantrum. And I thought to myself, consciously, you know what? I'm going to think about that. And I remember making a decision to think about it. And as soon as I, uh, that thought entered my mind that I'm going to think about, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to choose to think about what this thing's offering me, even though I knew it was wrong. That thing moved and it moved from about 30 feet away in the spirit and it was standing right there. I mean, you could feel its presence. The hairs went up on the back of my neck and this thing was standing right here. I mean, instantaneously it was right there and the, with its presence, came the most, I don't even know how to describe it, it's never happened before or since, came the most unrelenting force, like a hurricane force worth of, of thoughts. I mean, that was just a little suggestion, Reverend Joe, 30 feet away. But when, the, when I chose to agree to think on that, that thing, it's like I gave it permission. Don't ever give the devil permission. I didn't realize if I had known it was going to be that bad, I would have never done that. But I, I didn't know what was going to happen. That thing came right like this. I mean, its nose was right there. I could feel it. The hairs went up. I mean, I could feel the presence of darkness. This demon spirit came right. And I mean, I'm talking about a sledgehammer. If it was just a little offering on a silver plate, this was a sledgehammer against my mind. And I mean, bang, 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 bang. I mean, it was, I remember, Jenny, do you remember? I was standing in the kitchen and I actually put my hands like this on my mind because it, the pressure the pressure was so overwhelming with these thoughts to quit the ministry, to just quit the ministry. And I remember, and I heard because the Holy Ghost is so kind. He's so kind. He knew I had done something very, very unwise. He knew that thing had been given permission because I yielded to it. But he spoke, even though the, the, the thoughts came like a hurricane and they were loud, but he spoke above the sound of the thoughts. The Holy Ghost voice is distinct. He could, oh, no matter what the volume is from the devil, he always can supersede that. He's got a different tone to his voice. A different sound comes out of him than the devil. And the devil can't compete with him. And I heard, but he spoke loud and strong. And he said, rebuke that or it will take you. That's what I heard him say. Rebuke that or it will take you. And I knew that if it took me, it wasn't going to be a good place that it took me. I, it was the kind of thing that you could almost go into an insane. It felt like you could lose your mind over it. Yeah. Like if it took me, it would not just take me out of the ministry. I might lose my mind over this. Yeah. It was that kind of know how to describe it. It was that kind of force. Yeah. Do you understand? And, I'm, and I had my hands like this and I said out loud, my wife is my witness. I said, I bind you in Jesus name. But it felt like it took everything for me to say that. Because that spirit will influence you not to say that. Yeah. You'll feel almost like you can't say that. Yeah. 
But that's because you invited it and now you've given it access. But I said it and it, st it stood back, but it was still there. I had to say it again. It stood further back and it took about an hour of me just standing my ground for that thing to leave me. But I learned a very valuable lesson that day. When a thought comes to you that you know is wrong, don't you dare engage that thought. Don't you choose and willfully think and meditate on something because you will open a door. It may not happen to you as aggressively as it happened to me because to whom much is given, much is required. If you don't know as much, you'll still have a measure of that. But if you know more and you've been taught more and then you willfully violate spiritual law, watch out, buddy, because you're on dangerous ground. But the Holy Ghost can still help you. I say that to say this. In that scenario, that was a thought from the devil. I had to answer that thought. And when I didn't, I had to really stand my ground to get that to let me go. And it did let me go. But it's amazing the feelings that accompany demonic thoughts because you actually feel like it's you. You know it's not you because that didn't originate from your, from your heart. You know, I don't want to quit the ministry. I've sacrificed a lot for the ministry. Why would I want to do that? But when, the, when I yielded and that thought came, Reverend Greg, I, not only was it overwhelming, but it, could, it almost convinced me that I wanted to do this. Part of me knows it's not true, but part of me believes that it's true because it's so convincing. That's called the deceiving spirit. It wants to convince you of a lie and call it truth. The devil is the ultimate one that's deceived. He still thinks he's going to beat God. He thought he could beat God back in eons past. That's why he was kicked out of heaven to begin with. How you could look at God on a throne in all of his power and majesty and think that you as a created being could actually kill him? I mean, that, that, that sin opened a door that was the origin, original point of sin because there was no sin before that. But something in his heart perverted with pride and jealousy and it opened, it opened up something dark that consumed him and he became the deceived one and the deceiver. He's called the deceiver. He wants to make us think that something that's not true is true and his demons have very amazing power. I'm not giving them credit. I'm telling you the truth. If you yield to them, they have amazing power to convince you of things. That's why people jump off bridges. That's why people kill themselves because they are convinced that that is the only way and it's not rational thought, but they're not rational. It's a demon that is speaking to them, but it brings with it feelings. It brings with it a convincing power to almost th make you believe that it's you, but you know, and part of you knows it's not you, but part of you is don't even know anymore if it's not you because it's so powerful. This is the devil coming. We've talked a lot about that and we'll always talk that because there's always going to be people that are new that don't know this and you've got to answer that. And if you answer it and believe that it will obey you, it will obey you. And if you can't answer it or for whatever reason, it won't obey you. It simply means you're not believing because you don't have enough of the word in you. Revelation word produces faith. Faith is believing. Whatsoever you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe. You've got to believe that what you say will come to pass. You'll have. Now listen, a lot of people say you can have what you say. That's not truly accurate. You can have what you believe and say. A lot of people are saying a lot of things, but there's no believing connected to their saying. So they've got empty confessions, but no heart power behind it. It's not just we, we, there's a, we I don't get me wrong. Pastor Nancy has said that. Dad Dufresne would say that. Dad Hagen would say that. You can have what you say. I'm not, I'm not trying to argue with that because that little colloquial saying is right if you take it in the context of what they're talking about. 
You can have what you say. But a lot of people then only say, 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 but they don't believe. You only have what you believe and say. Your heart must connect to your words. If otherwise it's empty. But when this is the word of faith, the word of faith is neither in thy heart and in thy mouth. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess he is Lord, you shall be saved. You won't just have what you say. You'll have what you believe in and what you say. Do you understand? Okay. But there's another, I say that as, as, as a uh, part A, but there's another section here. We, we just are so used to talking, thinking about, well, the devil, when the devil comes, okay, we're getting skillful to answer him. But there's another much more subtle area in the Christian existence that is not as overt as just the devil attacking you. That's kind of easy to determine. If, if you can get, if you're skillful at all, you can, it's not that hard to figure out when it's the devil attacking you. And if you don't know, just get more sensitive to God, pray in the Holy Ghost, get more in the word, and he'll show you when it's the devil. He'll, you'll be able to tell the difference. But there's a more subtle area, Jenny, that's not so overt and black and white. It's gray. And it seems to take Christians, seems to take them out. This demonic thing is very overt and very black and white in many ways. And if you yield to it, it'll kill you. But then there's another side that's a little bit lower. It's not so dramatic. It's not so black and white. It's more gray. It's more subtle. It doesn't. You don't recognize it as easy. I'm telling you, you don't. I'm talking to you from experience here. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking to you from my heart because this is not polished, but I'm trying to get something out. So another situation came a number of years later. This was about three years ago. And it wasn't as bad as that situation back there. But it was another situation. And it was really bothering me how people in the church were treating each other, how people in the church were treating some of my leaders and me, and I, we don't have to get into it. It's not important. But it was bothering me. You know, things bother you. Yeah. Maybe something your boss did to you bothers you or something with your children or with your father. There's a hundred reasons why things bother us, okay? We all, can, we all know what that feels like. But this was bothering me more than just a light thing. This was not in the same category as that devil thing, okay? And I wasn't in as much pain as I was then emotionally, but this was still something that was bothering me. It was annoying me. It hurt me, but it annoyed me more than it hurt me. The other one hurt me more than it annoyed me. Do you understand? Sometimes you have different things going on. And so we were in Russia, in St. Petersburg, at the table with Pastor Nancy, because Pastor Nancy likes to party. <laughs> Pastor Nancy does not like sitting in her room alone. I like sitting in my room alone. <laughs> I really do, don't I, Jenny? I am a loner most of the time, but Pastor Nancy don't like that. And my job is to help her, not to, not to help me. And so she says, now let's go eat. I said, okay, Pastor. So we sit around the table, but it's not a 30, 40 minute lunch or it's a five, six hour lunch because she don't want to go back to her room alone. And there's no TV, everything's in Russian. So you can't understand nothing. So, you know, she, she, there's no entertainment. And so she, she can go back there and study and pray or sleep or shower. But other than that, there's not much to do in your room, yeah. right? She likes the fellowship. And so what a great opportunity. What an honor. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm, I mean, the time flies when you're having fun. And, you know, we just kept ordering desserts every 30 minutes just to keep the time flying so that we could keep having fun. Poor pastor put on 10 pounds that week because of me. But 
but that's okay. So, but we're sitting there and we're talking in that long, one of those long sessions. And I started, when you have that long with somebody, your defenses kind of go down and you, you just start talking maybe stuff you wouldn't normally talk because there's so much time. You understand? It's not like you have to pick and choose now. There's just an unlimited period of time. And of course, Noel and Ruby most of the time do this. They just aren't natural talkers. Maybe Ruby is a little bit, but not really Noel. So I can't really count on them to generate conversation. All right? And then, and then of course, Pastor Jay and Debbie, they're pretty good. I mean, they'll, 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 and Pastor Jay's much, he's more skillful than me. He knows the right questions to ask. I'm learning from him how to ask because he's been around Dad Hagen and these people. So, so I, I kind of often follow his lead, but then every now and then I'll, I'll just push him aside and I'll just take the lead. But I'm not always as skillful. But anyway, so we get to talking and I st- it, something in the conversation sparked my memory of this thing I'm going through at that time and the, and the, and the frustration I'm going through. So I start to unload. <laughs> Not in a bad way, not in an appropriate way, but I just start to say, you know, Pastor, nah, 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 this, you know, nah, nah, nah. and then, you know, they're nodding their head, and Jay goes, you know, welcome to the ministry, Pastor Craig, and I'm like, shut up, Pastor Jay, I don't need you to say that. <laughs> because in other words, we all have gone through this. This is, this is a thing, this is part of the life of ministry. It's what congregation members don't understand, they don't get, they never will, because they'll never go through it. And sometimes that's, oh, you can only talk to ministers because other people don't understand. And so I'm talking to pastor and I'm saying, you know, I was trying to, try to deal with it and this is what I did and da, 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 da. And she just, she's real quiet and she's just looking at me. That's dangerous when she does that. But she's real quiet and she's looking at me. And then she says, oh, pastor, why don't you get out of your mind? Now, I've just borne my soul. <laughs> I've told her the deep parts of my heart. And they're all nodding their head in sympathy agreement, but pastor's not nodding no head. And all she got to say to me is not, I'm so sorry that that happened. Not, you know, wow, you know, I've been through that too. It was, oh, pastor, why don't you get out of your mind? And I said, what do you mean? Get out of my mind. This happened. This is real. I want to know if I'm handling this right. And she so then she changes the way she says it. And she says, you're touching that in your thought life. Well, I know I'm touching it in my thought life. I have to have a thought life in order to tell you what happened. And I'm not being, I wasn't rude. I didn't raise my voice. The way I'm saying it to you is not how I said it to her, but that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, what are you talking about not touching it in my thought life? I have a brain. I have a thought life. I have to touch it if I'm going to tell you about it. And then she changed her phraseology again. Pastor, you're in the mental arena. Okay, all right. What other arena do you want me to be in? I have to think about this in a mental arena to tell you to get counsel. That's what I'm feeling inside, but I don't dare say a word of that. I just look at her and I said, oh, okay, pastor. And I said, could could you kind of explain that to me? Because I don't really understand what you mean. And then you can just feel that. Pastor Jay on my right, just like, you can just feel him. And he's just like, what a dumb question. What an idiot to ask that. I don't even want to, I don't just want him to go to the bathroom. Leave me alone. I don't understand what the woman's saying. I'm hurting. I'm, I'm bearing my soul. And all you got to tell me is, Pastor, get out of the mental arena. You're in your mind. Don't touch it with your thought life. Those are all cool quotes for your quote book. 
but what do they mean? I don't understand what it means. And so I didn't argue, but I'm, I'm honestly, I'm honestly trying to understand. My heart is pure and I'm saying, I need you to teach me. I need you. I pass. I don't understand. And I'm the kind of person, if I don't understand, I won't quit bugging you until I do understand. I don't back down Wayne and just say, oh, okay. And I'm still as confused as I was before and fake it. Like I understand. I don't do that. I never do that. If I don't understand, I will keep asking you. I will not, I will harass you until I understand because I recognize you understand something I don't. And I truly don't get this. So I started asking questions very politely, but very insistently. And I started saying, but I don't know. And she kept, she, she tried in her masterful way. Very, she's very gentle. She's always kind. She's never, she's never sharp. She never cuts. But she's trying to teach me something. And she could tell that I didn't get it. And I didn't like the fact that I had other people there who got it. Because they, you can feel their little self-righteous eyes boring into the back side of your head. You know, because people that get it and they know you don't get it, it's almost like they're looking at it like, enjoy the show now. Let's just watch the show. Let's watch the Pastor Nancy beat up Pastor Craig show. Because he, he's so dumb and he doesn't get the basics. This is so basic. Maybe you got it, Jenny. I don't know, but I didn't get it. And so I kept going at her. And, and finally, as I'm talking to her, because my heart's pure, Revelation, divine revelation from what she said by the Holy Ghost started to dawn like a light, very slow. Like we have these light switches now in our new house that it doesn't just go on and off. You push it and it goes and I like that. So you don't go, oh my God, it just takes you up nice and slow. It's just respectful. What I call it a respectful light switch. Don't shock me. Just take me up real slow. And that's what the revelation felt like. It wasn't a blurt like this. It felt like the light was going up slowly, but it took about 45 minutes for it to go up. And usually it just comes as a flash to me. I see it, but I couldn't really, it was like different this time. It was coming slowly. Sometimes that'll happen. It doesn't always come right away. You just got to keep listening and keep listening and keep checking and asking the Holy Ghost and ask questions and listen and come to church because light will sometimes take its time, but it will come. And I, if I could explain it like this, at the end of the day, this is really what I gleaned from what she was saying, which is, which is a shocker that I didn't really understand this because after all these years, this is only three years ago, two, three years ago, I really should have understood this by then. But it just shows you that if you're not taught, you don't know. nobody ever taught me this. It's not my fault. I mean, it is my fault, I guess. But for lack of knowledge, you perish. It doesn't really matter that nobody taught you. If you don't know, if you've been taught, you don't know. But she may have taught on this, but I didn't get revelation when she taught on it from the pulpit. But I needed to understand. But what the end result, once that light came up a little bit in my heart and I could kind of understand what she was talking about, it dawned on me that just because I feel something, very deeply and just because that feeling produces thoughts in my mind that are my I feel like they're my thoughts and they are my thoughts and I'm not talking about the devil now I'm talking about your your flesh yeah. it's very easy to recognize the devil it's not that easy to recognize your flesh this is the subtle part this is the gray zone but I'm I, I was so trained to believe and to think if it's not the devil it's me this is me. My mind is on my side. Are you listening? Yeah. That's what I, 
I guess that's what I believe without realizing that I believe that if it's not the devil, if I remove him out of the equation, the only thing left is God and me. Now, I know it's not coming from God, but this is just me and I'm not a bad guy. In fact, I love Jesus. And therefore, it's okay to think this way because it's me. My mind is on my side. My mind is me. My mind is part of me. But what I started to learn through this scenario is that your mind is not on your side. And your mind is not you. <laughs> your mind is your soul. And your soul, if yielded to your spirit, is renewed and transformed. But if it's not yielded to your spirit, it's an enemy of your spirit. But most people don't look at it like that. They look at it like, well, this is, I feel something. So back off. This is me. You're trying to rob me of who I am. This is me. But they're missing it. That's not you. Your mind and your feelings, your emotions are not you. They are a part of you, but they are not the renewed you. That's it. Amen. They're part of your makeup. They're part of your soul. They're very closely connected to your spirit because your spirit and your soul are like bone and marrow. There's a very, they're almost indivisible, but there is a difference between your mind, will, emotions, and your spirit. Your soul and your spirit are different. They're close, very close, but they're different. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, but you'll get more skillful the more you know your spirit. Don't focus on knowing your soul. Focus on knowing your spirit. They don't focus on studying the counterfeit bills. They study, they focus on studying the real currency. I was in customs. I know I had to do it. They never gave you counterfeit to study because counterfeit is always, every counterfeit is a little different. So you can't compare. You never know what to look for. You know, you got to know the real and the original. That never changes. Now you compare that currency, that hundred to the other, because if you know what to look for here, you'll spot the differences. You don't focus on the negative. You focus on the true currency. Do you understand? So you, you have to, the real part of you, the real part of you, the non-counterfeited part is your spirit. The part that is part of you, but could be an enemy to you, even though it's yourself, is your unrenewed feelings. Your untransformed, non-transformed thought patterns. The way mama taught you to think. But it's me. Uh, no, that's, the, that's, that's the real problem right there. I was saying, like, but what are you talking about? I, I, I'm trying to tell you how I feel. This is me. What do you mean I'm in the mental arena? I don't understand. How else am I going to communicate it if I'm not in the mental arena? That's the way I communicate. But she wasn't saying that. She, was try she got over to me, Pastor, you are handling this situation. I understand that it's painful. But you are handling it not in a spiritual way. Why? Because you're not tapped into your spirit you're tapped into your soul and how you feel and how you're hurt and how you're angry. And your mind, which is connected to your emotions, is just going on about how you feel and how you've been wronged and how you're upset about it. But that mental realm, what she called an arena, the thought life, that's not the life of the spirit. And if you keep engaging thoughts like that, like you're doing, Pastor, it's going to drive you up the wall and you're never really going to win the battle 
you're just going to go over it and, and over it and look at it from this angle and look at it from that angle and it's just going to go over and over and over and eventually, just because of the way our soul is made up, eventually you'll let it go. But there'll be damage that's done and you'll have reinforced a very dangerous habit of engaging your thoughts that are, that are the not renewed thoughts. They're the carnal thoughts. They're not being touched by your spirit. So she, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but she said, Pastor, stop thinking about that. But I can't. It hurts. I know. But you can choose. Remember she said that to me? You can choose to stop thinking about that. And I said to her, Pastor, I don't even want to. I'm hurt. She said, but that's your flesh. Your spirit is not hurt. Your emotions are hurt. Your pride is hurt. Your flesh is hurt. How dare they do that to me? Don't you know that I was right? That's all part of your carnal flesh area. It's not necessarily sinful or wrong because I am saying factual statements that, that I have been hurt, but that's not part of the renewed spiritual life. She said, you're not tackling this with your spirit. You're tackling this with your thoughts life, with your mental arena. You're, you're in your thought life. Now you can choose to stop thinking about that. Well, then what do I think about? She said, Tap into your spirit. Well, how do you tap into your spirit? People say all these words. I don't know what they mean. I'm just an honest guy. What does it mean, tap into your spirit? You hear people say all these fancy words, highfalutin words, but a simple guy like me, I don't know what tapping in. What do you mean, tap into your spirit? Look to your spirit. Yeah. Quieten your mind. Stop thinking. Choose to stop thinking about all this stuff that's swirling. And look down into your heart. Look into your spirit. Holy Spirit, what do, you, what do you want to say about this? And be quiet and listen. Now, if the word has been planted in your heart, because you're feeding on it regularly, the Holy Spirit has something to draw up and put in your mind as scripture. But if you never read the word, he got not much to, to bring up to you. Now, if you pray in the Holy Ghost a lot, and you're tapping into your spirit, it'll be much, because as you pray, your spirit man is making motion. Your spirit is engaged, do you understand? It's moving as you pray in tongues. It's being used because that tongues is from the Holy Ghost giving you utterance, but it comes out of your spirit, bypasses your mind. So there's movement in your spirit. If you never pray in tongues and you're never in the word, you're in big trouble. You'll never live a spiritual life. Because if you do kind of try in your own clumsy way to, okay, I'll, I'll stop thinking that. Okay, I can do that. I can choose to stop these thoughts. Now, I don't know exactly understand how, what it means, but I'm going to tap into my spirit. So let me look down and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I look to you now. I, I'm listening to you now. What do you have to say about the situation? But I haven't been in the word. I haven't read the word in 30 days. And I never pray in tongues. So my spirit is, is just dormant. It's alive unto God, but it's, it's dormant. There's no movement that's been happening. So the Holy Ghost, you're not as sensitive to what is in here if you never pray in the spirit. And there's not much that he can bring up to you if you're not in the word and if you haven't prayed in the spirit. Because if you're in the word, he can bring a verse to you. But if you pray in the spirit, the answers for your future, you've been praying out in tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 to 14. You've been praying out those answers. You may, might not know it. 
but you've been praying out the perfect will of God, it's now available for him to quicken it to your mind. So you probably were praying out this answer. You didn't even know you were praying it out. So you look down to your spirit because you've been praying out. The Holy Spirit is something to draw up and put that in your mind and go, this is how I want you to think about this. This is, how, the, the, this is the verse say about this. Now, this is your confession. Now, make this confession over you about this situation. And stuff will come up out of your spirit. And now what happens when you tap into that flow and get this unrenewed, angry, swirling thought pattern to calm? That's why you hear pastors say, quiet in your mind. That's what she's talking about. You can choose. This is not thoughts from the devil. This is thoughts from you. But because it's you, you think it's okay because you're a good guy, right? If it's the devil, he's bad. I can recognize that. But me, this is me. What are you talking about? I, I, what are you talking about? You mean I'm against myself? Your unrenewed thought part pattern and your emotions of your feelings, if they're not renewed with the word, if they're not yielded to your spirit man, they're actually an enemy to your spiritual life. And they will rob you of the deeper things of God. And you've got to take authority, not over the devil, but over your own thoughts. You've got to say, no. I cast down. I choose to cast down. First, Second Corinthians 10, 4. Vain imaginations. High and lofty thoughts that exalt themselves against the word. I choose to cast them down. See, we're told to do that. It didn't say cast down demons. It says cast down imaginations. High and lofty thoughts that are coming. to Now, they could come from the devil, but they can also come from your soul. Because your soul is, is running wild. Right. Because it's not submitted to your spirit. The prince is trying to be king. Your spirit man is king. Your soul is the prince and your body is the slave. Your prince should not be taking rule, rulership over your king. The prince is supposed to be under the king, not over it. Most people live with the prince ruling things. Yeah. They, don't do, they don't rule with their king ruling things. Yeah. I know this sounds so simple. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's confusing. I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I left that table going, are you kidding me? I didn't understand this all these years. I know I can stop thoughts if I want to stop them, but really what you're telling me, Holy Ghost, is that when I'm facing difficult situations, painful situations, uh, situations requiring great decisions that I don't know, and you're just trying to figure something out, I don't know what to do. You telling me that I can just say, I choose not to think about you. And that that's not, because sometimes we're trained as children that that's irresponsible. If you ignore it, it doesn't go away. Let me tell you, if you ignore your soul, it will go away. But you don't just ignore your soul with adding nothing else. Then demons come. You're not emptying your mind, you're quieting your mind. There's a big difference. You can, it is a responsible thing to do to make a decision that you will not engage those thoughts. And you... You can answer them out loud or you can answer them in your mind. It's better to do it out loud, but you can't always, depending on the environment you're in. But you can decide and go, I will not think what you're, I will, Craig, I'm not talking about the devil. I'm talking to Craig, the carnal Craig, the flesh Craig. Craig, stop it. I will not think that way. No, no. And, and, but they're going to, the flesh wants to, and it's going, no, 
Well, what you going to think then? Shut up! Yeah. Holy Spirit, I'm looking to you now. I yield to my spirit, man. Let my spirit, listen to the words, let my spirit give my mind what to think. Let the thoughts that I should think come up out of my spirit. Let me pray in the Holy Ghost now to determine what thoughts I need to think, what words I need to say. Let me, let me, because the word of God will come up if it's, in your, if it's in your heart, but also instruction will come up if you've been praying in the spirit. Now, Lord, help me to think the right thoughts. And then you, you've, you've told your mind to shut up, and now you yield, and watch what happens, because the Holy Spirit, you, you don't, it won't always be dramatic. It's a still, small voice, but a thought will come to you that was not the thought that you were thinking before. And if you get skillful, you'll realize it didn't come from the outside. It came from out of your spirit. You can't always tell that initially, but it did come out of your spirit. And you'll think, okay, Lord, I'm going to say that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think that. And what happens is when this happens, your thinking is in line with your spirit. And that is called spiritual thoughts or, as Paul called it, being spiritually minded. Yeah. Not carnally minded, which is your own mind. Your spirit is influencing what you think. Now when you are spiritually minded, because your mind is now being tapped into your spirit man, your spirit is tapped into the Holy Ghost, who's tapped into the Father. Now by extension, your mind is tapped into the Father. Do you understand? Now the result of that, and it's amazing, because I've been practicing it for two years, and, and it really works. It's, it's like magic. The result of that is that a peace comes over you because before you were either angry or frustrated or hurt or emotional or just stressed because you can't make a decision and all this stuff is going on. And, and, and none of those emotions are peaceful. They don't produce, they produce death. But when you do this, you'll, and you start to think along the line of the word, and if you don't feel anything bubble up, then just start thinking according to the scripture. That's your base. Then if he prompts you to think about something, think it. If he prompts you to say something, say it. If he prompts you to confess something, if he prompts you to sing something, sing it. But get your spirit engaged in what you're thinking. Now a peace comes. Oh, a peace comes. I'm telling you, it's amazing. You were so worked up. A peace comes, and it's like you've tapped into God's power. A strength comes into you to deal with that situation. I'm so grateful for my pastor, that even when I didn't understand, I wasn't, re I wasn't rebuffing her in rebellion. I was, I was asking questions because I didn't understand, but I knew I was missing something. And she was more skillful in this than I was. I wasn't skillful at all. But she taught me something very valuable at that table. Your thoughts should be controlled by your spirit, not let them run because your emotions are more in control than your spirit. Well, what do you feel? It's one of the worst things you can say. <laughs> can I read you a scripture? Maybe we'll close early, because then you'll all like me, and you'll all come back. Let's start with Galatians chapter 6. I'm just trying to get you to understand something. You, don't, you can control your own thoughts. It's not just the devil. It's your own carnal flesh bucket. 
All of us are carnal flesh buckets sometimes. And our minds run wild. With anger? With fear? Well, I just can't help it. I just can't help it. Don't you know what I'm going through? You're, a, you're stupid. You can't help it. You choose not to because you're ignorant because you've never been taught. And now that you've been taught, you shouldn't have come to church tonight. I told you not to come. Now that you've been taught, you're held, you're held responsible. I'm serious. You're held responsible. Once I learned that at that table, I don't have the same mercy from God in my life anymore about that. Because my pastor gave me revelation by the Holy Ghost, Jenny, of how to control my mind. Yes, sir. And I remember I went back to the room and I thought, are you kidding me? I don't even realize that I'm fleshly, but I am because I can hear it come out of me and all this frustration and hurt and it's just like a torrent. And, and here she is just looking at me going, you're in your mind, pastor. Get out of the mental arena. Stop touching with each other. But don't you understand I was wrong? That, that, that doesn't matter, pastor. But don't you understand this hurts? That doesn't matter either. You can choose to stop thinking that way and you can tap into your spirit and say, Holy Ghost, how do you want me to handle this? And usually, most times, how he tells you to handle it is not how you were going to handle it and not how you were handling it. What you were planning on attack mode, send an email, just skin them alive, call somebody and tell them what they did, the Holy Ghost will never instruct you to do any of that because none of that's according to 1 Corinthians 13. And that's why, but that's why you say, but I don't want to forgive. But when, it, but, when it's in, but when it comes out of your spirit, it's not just an empty instruction. A peace comes with it, but life, God's life, it accompanies the instruction and it gives you strength to do what he is leading you to do when you feel you can't. <coughs> You've tapped into God's divine flow. Instead of letting your emotions and your mind and your feelings and your anger rule you. People that are moody do not do what I'm preaching. People that have rage problems, anger problems, they do not, they do not understand how to say, no, I will not do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Galatians chapter 6, verse... Eight, for he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. The more you listen to me, I'm asking you to listen. The more you let your mind and your emotions run wild, the more you sow to the flesh. I'm not talking about demons. I'm talking about flesh. Demons are different. Answer them. That's pretty easy. This is not, this is far more subtle. Letting your mind do what it wants to do. You are sowing to the flesh. You will reap corruption. Your body, your mind, decisions you make, it will, you, it will not work out for you. Sow to the spirit. Yield to the spirit. Be spiritually minded. And you will reap life. I'm telling you, I don't know, this is pretty simple, but it is, revel it is discerned. Because I heard it preached for many years and I never understood it. So I don't know if all of you are getting it, but I I'm just trying to boil it down to one very simple thing. You don't have to think whatever your mind tells you to think. 
I'm not talking about the devil. I'm talking about you, your old fleshly self. You don't have to think what you want to think. You have authority and control over your own thought life. You can choose to say, I will not think this. And shut your mind down, quieten it by your decision of your own holy will. And tap into your inner man and say, Holy Ghost, help me. Let me think God's thoughts. Give me words from the word of God that I've been praying out in the spirit. My spirit has answers. Help me tap in. Let my mind be spiritual. Let me be of a thought process from my spirit. Let me be spiritually minded. Do you see the difference? You see this? I hope you're seeing it. Now, Romans, quickly now. Romans chapter 8. Because I got a verse that just says it so beautifully. Verse 6. Remember, we were in Galatians 6, 8. Now we're in Romans 8, 6. That's how you remember it. These two verses go together. Just invert the numbers. Galatians 6, 8. Romans 8, 6. Are you ready? For to be carnally, 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 not demonically, carnally minded. That's your little mind doing whatever it wants to do. Because it's in the flesh. It's not been crucified. To be carnally minded is death. You keep messing with this. Remember, you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You keep messing. Flesh and carnality is the same. They're interchangeable words. When he says sow to the flesh, he means carnally minded. You are going to reap corruption or death. Same thing. You see, same thing. It's talking about the same thing. Now watch the next scripture. But to be spiritually minded. Your mind influenced by your spirit is what? Life and peace. Let your spirit influence you. Let the Holy Ghost help you. Quieten that filthy, stupid, wild mind. No, you don't in Jesus' name. I will not yield to you. I yield to him. Holy Ghost, I'm looking for your help right now because in the natural, I'm struggling. I'm upset, but I yield to you. I, I refuse to think these thoughts right now. Mashta, kioda, isinda, mahasta. And something starts to come up. Peace takes over. A thought from God comes. How to answer it comes. How to confess comes. A scripture comes up. Peace comes up. Why? You've now tapped into the life of the spirit. And I don't know why for some reason I just thought that because it's me, it's, it's, it's okay. But it's running wild like a wild stallion. And Pastor Nancy's looking at me and go, she didn't say it, but that's what she meant. Your mind's like a wild stallion. Control it. But it's me. Doesn't matter that it's you. Just because a rancher owns a wild stallion, who cares that it's his wild stallion? The stallion has to be broken. Or it's unproductive. So it doesn't matter that you're the rancher that you own a wild stallion. Don't justify the wildness of the stallion because it's your stallion. Don't justify the craziness of your thoughts because they're your thoughts. Well, it's not the devil. Who cares that it's not the devil? They're your thoughts. They're wild. Break them. Like you break a, like you break a horse. Discipline it. Put your foot on its neck. No, you don't. See, we're so used to saying, no, you don't to the devil. But how much do we say, no, you don't to our flesh? You need to say with as much aggression to your own outrageous, wild flesh, carnal thinking, emotionalism, moodiness, anger, rage. I'm so touchy all the time. You need to have the same aggression toward that, if not more than you do the devil, because that's your biggest enemy, not the devil. He's been defeated, but your flesh has not been defeated. 
answer your flesh. No, you don't. I refuse to let you run like a wild stag. I break you. You will run in circles the way I tell you to run. Do you understand? My thoughts have no right to dominate me. My emotions have no right to dominate me. Now, if people actually catch this and start to do it, everything in your, in your mind, emotions, will, and body starts to align. Because it's supposed to be out of your spirit, Jenny. But the vast majority of Christians are so dense, they don't even know what the devil's doing, let alone themselves. We're learning how to answer the devil, but are we also learning how to answer happy? You're good at answering the devil, but can you answer yourself? Joe, you're excellent at answering the devil. Can you answer yourself? I say it to me as well. Craig, you're getting skillful at answering the devil, but how, where are you at, buddy, on the, on the scale of one to 10 answering your flesh? Because you better learn how to do it or you're going to be wild. And your life will look wild. And decisions you make will have the sting of wildness. Relationships don't work right. Children aren't raised right. Money things don't happen right. Things don't work right because you're in the flesh. You're sowing to fleshly thinking and emotionalism. Fleshly decision making, that's your will. Fleshly emotions, that's your, you know, your feelings. Fleshly decisions, that's your will. Fleshly thoughts, that's your mind. Your mind, will, and emotions makes up your soul. If you sow to that, you will reap corruption. There is death. But if you get into your spirit more, tap into your spirit more, quieten that stupid mind. Tell it to shut up and say, Holy Ghost, how do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to handle this? And listen to him. And if you never pray in, in the word, he doesn't have much to communicate. He will still do the best he can because he loves you. But that's why you live a life in the word and in tongues, in the word and in worship all the time. So that when you need that, he has so much to pull out and say, son, do this. Son, this is the verse. Son, da, 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 da. And it just comes out. And then you yield to that spiritual thought. And there's life. And all of a sudden, a peace comes over you like you never understood before. And situations now have lost their power over you. People can't hurt you. This is the greatest thing I learned from this scenario is there's like an invisible shield around me. Jenny, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. When somebody would leave the church, even if they didn't do it in a bad way, it was like, I don't know, because I love them and I'm praying for them and I'm, I'm just a very loyal person. That's just the way I am. When I was dating, I didn't date very often. When I did, I never broke up the relationship. They always had to dump me. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to marry you, girl. I'm with you for life. Even if I know the Holy Ghost says no, Lord, I know it's no, but I'm just going to, I can't leave. I just, I just, I'm with you for life. So they always had to, to oh, poor Craig, he's so pathetic. Look, he's with me for life. Craig, I don't really want to see you anymore. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. And then I know, I know it's you, I know it's you, Holy Ghost. Thank God for, thank you for speaking to her to dump me because I don't think I could have done it. I'm just loyal. <laughs> That's just my nature. I am. I'm just, if I latch on to you, I ain't letting go. I'm like that pit bull. When he bites, you have to get crowbars to open up his mouth. I'm like the African fish eagle because I'm from Africa and I'm like an eagle. When it grabs that thing, I've seen it in videos. It grabs that fish. If it miscalculates the size of the fish, its talons lock. Its brain cannot unlock its talons. It will try to fly. And if the fish is too big, it will drag it under the water and that eagle will drown. It will not let go the fish. Even on death, it won't let go. So it better catch the right size fish that it can fly away with or that boy is dead. I'm the same way. When I latch on, it's, it's just the way I am. That's what I don't understand that people that I am inbred in me is covenant. I don't understand anything else. 
So that is dangerous for a pastor because then that kind of a pastor never understands people that are disloyal. He never understands people that get offended at the color of the carpet and leave. It is so foreign to me. I can't understand that because it's not the way my brain is wired. Some people, I guess, are not like that. They're very, they're very easily just, well, I'm just a tramp, and I'll go with you, and then I'll go with you, and then I'll date you, and then I'll marry you, and then I'll divorce you and date you. I don't understand that. It's not God. God's not like that. God is covenant. When God makes a covenant, it's forever. I'm not making anybody feel bad because you've been divorced or because you've left churches. I'm just saying, the closer you know God, the less you'll jump. God does not jump. He never jumped on you. He never decided that you were no good and left you. He stayed with you even when you were ugly. He stayed with you when you were disobedient. He stayed with you even before you were a Christian. He loved you. He cut covenant before you were even born. He saw your future. What I'm saying is I don't get people. I'm just like that. So for me, when people do things, it's more susceptible for me for the knife to go in. It just is. Some other pastors, I know pastors, they could care less. I mean, I won't say names, but <laughs> I wish I was like some of these FOF guys. They just don't give a flying rip if somebody leaves their church. They could care less of everybody. I don't care. I just, I just know God told me to do it. God will send somebody else. Hallelujah. All is cool. And I'm like, I don't get it. I am so intense. How can you not be devastated by people acting this way? I don't know, dude. It's just like, it's okay with me. I just, some pastors are very laid back. I'm not. I'm like, like David Hogan. I'm always. <laughs> but, but that way is, is a good thing in some ways, but it can also be a bad thing because it, 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 there's, there's a thing. The devil can use that against me. But I'm telling you, I've, 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 I've learned a tremendous key. When I started to practice what Pastor Nancy taught me consciously, it's one thing to hear it in a sermon and go, oh, right, I'm supposed to live out of my spirit, but you don't know what that means. Sure, going to tap in his head. But if I asked you, what does that mean? I don't know. So you, you, you nod your head like it's all great and good, but you left here confused. To me, that's ludicrous. Ask a question. Figure out what the preacher's saying, but make sure that you actually learn something and then apply it. Otherwise, it's no good to you. But now that I've, le- I've heard it, but I never really got it until that table, and she spent some time rebuking me and teaching me and, and explaining to me that my mind was a wild stallion. And I'm not a bad person, but that's not spiritual behavior. So I started practicing this, Jenny. When a situation would come, I, I, I know it's true because the Bible says it, she says it. I got revelation so I can see it now. But I still kind of wanted to see if it worked. I know that's probably not faith, but stop judging me. You know what I'm saying? Let's just see if this really works. So a situation come, and, and I would feel that rise. And I'd say, no, you don't. Mind you, listen to me. I'm speaking to you. I break your power. You're not wild anymore. I tell you what you think and what you don't. Now shut up in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. And then a thought would come. A confession would come. A scripture, a song many times comes. And a peace. I can't explain that peace. I've tapped into the life of God. You know what it produces? It produces like a force field in front of me. And that situation that otherwise when I'm in the flesh, when I'm in my mind about Reverend Greg, it hurts so bad. They cut me deep. It's like I can see the knife, but it's going against Kevlar. It can't get to me. And I'm thinking, I can't believe this. 
Two years ago, five years ago, this would have knocked me out for two days. It would have devastated me emotionally. I don't feel any pain. You can't, you can't hurt me. I, I live out of my spirit. My spirit protects me. And it also works with offense. If you'll do this, you won't get offended with people. I, 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 what, I would normally, what would normally irk me and rub my fur the wrong way and I'd get it. I don't know, something is different. I just, it's okay, I, I'm fine. See, my spirit is like a shield there that's guarding me from hurt, from offense, from confusion. It's amazing. I never knew life could be this enjoyable, Jenny. I never knew, honestly, because my mind is always going so quickly. I never knew that it could be this sweet. I never knew that you could actually walk through life and people have lost the power to wound you. I didn't even know that was possible. I just figured that's part of life. It's part of life. You're just going to have to go put up with it. No, it's not. The life of the spirit is a life above. It's another realm than this earth. You can walk totally another realm. I'm not saying that you never feel anything. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you don't feel things. I'm not saying that you can't get hurt. Don't take it to extreme. I'm saying it's different. Yes, but let me end with this. Today. So I'm just saying I'm practicing this, but I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to be transparent and humble to you that I'm not some master whiz because I'm learning too. But today I face a situation and it was frustrating me. And it was serious. And the law is involved. And the police are involved. And it's nothing to do with me. I've not done anything. It's something else. Something going on that I have to deal with. Because I'm a pastor and that's the job. And I'm going and it's, you know, Jenny, you saw me. I'm riled, man. I'm confused. I'm upset. I don't know what to do. I don't want to hurt this person. But I don't want to expose myself. There's so many it could go wrong so many different ways depending on how I handle this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I feel that, and I recognized it, Taylor. Yeah. Thank God I recognized it because years ago I wouldn't have recognized it. I would have thought this is life. Yeah. I recognized it and I thought, oh, right. This thing I'm feeling is my mind as a wild stallion. This feeling of out of control, jittery, uh, stress, nervous, blood pressure. This is not the life of the spirit. This yeah. is not life and peace. Yeah. And I stopped. I stopped today, this afternoon. I stopped. And I said, Holy Spirit, I'm looking for peace. Show me what to do to tap into that, that peace. I, I refuse to think. I'm not going to let it run now. Yeah. You stop it, mind. I command you thoughts to be quiet. Holy Ghost, help me. And he bubbled up. He bubbled up, do this. So I did what he did. And a peace came. And I thought, okay, I'm still learning. Because the fact that it, for two hours I let that happen shows that I'm not really as skillful as I thought, but it creeps up on you. You don't even see certain situations coming and all of a sudden they're on you and you just react to them because you're so still, you're still used to your mind reacting that way because it's still being renewed. It's a daily process to get your mind renewed to God's thought process, get it renewed to the word, be transformed by the renewing. It's a, transformation is a daily process. It doesn't happen overnight. But the fact that I... I, I, Jenny, it made me upset that I reacted that way first in the, really in the flesh yeah. instead of reacting in the spirit. And, but, but at least I caught it a couple hours in. Oh, that's right. This is this. I'm not used to this feeling. This is a foreign feeling to me. But you see, before that was a common feeling to me. Yeah. I understand now people have this, they're always in drama. They're always in crisis and chaos. It's common to them. Yeah. That's all they know. 
But I've been so long without that feeling. When it happened today, I thought, oh, that's not me. That doesn't, that doesn't feel right. Something feels alien about that. Maybe I had that years ago, but I've changed. Russia changed me. The Holy Ghost changed me. I don't normally feel that way. Why am I feeling that? Oh, right. The wildness came back in the stallion. I let it run. I pulled it out. No, you don't. Mine, I command you, stop thinking about that. I take a hold of you. I garner you. I say, you stop it now. Holy Ghost, help me. I call on you. I need you, great counselor, right now. Great paraclete, the ones called alongside me to help. I call on your aid. You're inside me. Help me. And I started to pray in the Holy Ghost. And up comes life. Up comes peace. And because my mind is now silent, it just absorbs my mind. And it just oozes out of it. And I go, I know what to do. I know what to say. Peace has returned. I'm back to normal. But the fact that it caught me off guard, took me two hours, shows me that I'm still developing my skill. Because it should never have the right to take me two hours. It should not take me off guard. But the facts are sometimes things do until you get skillful with it. Some of you are so used to this way of thinking, always in a... You're not a spiritual person. Just because you risk your hands does it not mean make you a spiritual person. Just because you can cast out devils if you can and if you do does not make you a truly spiritual person. A truly spiritual person is a spiritually minded person who lives out of their spirit and controls their thoughts and controls their emotions. If you're in your home, there's yelling and outbursts, you're not spiritually minded. If you're always being emotional, well, I don't feel like this and I don't feel like that or I feel, and we're all like that, but it means we've got work to do to tap into our spirit because the spirit of God is not feeling based. He's word based. Do you understand? Even emotional eating. People get overweight, myself included, because your emotions are attached to your food. Because you reward yourself. Why is everybody laughing? I'm not laughing. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's, tra- it's tra- traumatic. <laughs> but I know they're laughing. I understand why they're laughing. But I'm saying even that, that, that sense of I have to feel. I feel. If I don't do this, I don't feel good. See, the feeling is part of your unrenewed soul. Now tell your feelings, stop it in Jesus' name. I put a rope around your neck, wild stallion. You will not buck. You will run in circles because I tell you to. Holy Ghost, I'm calling upon your help right now. I look to you, my counselor. Help me. I feel these things, but these feelings are not from my spirit. They're from my flesh. Help me. And as life comes up, a strength for you to do the right thing. Let me read you one verse. It's 858 and we'll close after this last verse. And I won't even explain it. I'll just read it. But you've got to see this. Look at now verse 9, Romans 8, 9. But ye are not of the flesh, but of the spirit. So that the spirit of God dwells in you. He's in you. Now, and if any man is not the spirit of God, he, he's not even his. The world can't understand this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Your flesh, you desires are dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. What does that mean? When the spirit is in you, he gives you life, strength, ability, power, help, aid to live right. He's in me for righteousness, Jenny. 
When my feeling wants me to do something fleshly, if I tap into my spirit, my spirit will lead me to do something righteous. It's amazing. But if the spirit of a man, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit. The Holy Ghost will even affect your physical body. And not just your mind, it'll affect your physical body. If you'll tap into your spirit more, you'll get healed easier. Because he'll quicken you. Because you're living the life of the spirit that quickens your body. Verse 13, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you die, but if you through the spirit kill the deeds of the flesh, the body, you will live. Did you notice that? If through the spirit you mortify or kill the flesh, that means the Holy Ghost is helping me to kill my flesh. He is prompting me. Get that wild stallion under control, boy. I don't want to. Get it under control. Stop it, thoughts. See, I've yielded to him. Now he'll help me put to death these bad feelings, these bad thoughts, this confusion, this anger, this out of controlness. He will cause me, the Holy Ghost causes you to kill those things so that you can live right, so that you can live peaceful, so that you can live with right decisions, pure minded. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Any addiction can be overcome this way. It's just a thought that comes to you. And many of them as demons answer the demon, but answer your thought. I don't struggle with pornography. It's not something I struggle with, but I know a lot of guys do. But if that thought comes to you, it's a demon, answer it. But don't just answer thinking it's a demon. Your flesh wants it. Answer that thought. No, 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 no. I answer you thought. You're out of control. You're wild. This desire that's, that's in me for the sin, it's not the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost, I'm going to kill that desire. Yes. How do I do it? Tap into my spirit. Holy Ghost, help me. I'm calling on you, great counselor. I need your help right now. I feel temptation. I need your help right now. I need your help right now. See, people say, call your armor bearer. That's a bunch of hogwash. You've got the greatest armor bearer in the universe inside you. Why do you need to pick up the phone and call somebody? If you really do, I guess that's okay. But you are insulting the Holy Ghost. He is inside you. He's your armor bearer. He's your accountability partner. Look to him. Help me now. I feel temptation. I'm asking for your help. And life and strength will come up. And as it comes, yield to it and say, I kill that desire. I step on your neck. I break you. I will not yield to that. I will not look at that image. And it breaks. What he's calling the prayer line. Calling my accountability, the accountability partners inside you. Call upon him. He's here. Use him. He's here. The Old Testament, Abraham couldn't call on him. Moses couldn't call on him. John the Baptist couldn't call on him. You are greater than the greatest prophet, the Bible says, because you've got the spirit inside of you who is unlimited in his power and his aid. But you've got to control this thing. You're in your mind, Pastor. You were right. right. You're in your thought. Stop touching it in the mental arena. Pastor, you were right. (laughs) Get out of your thought process. Pastor, thank God you were right. I just didn't understand how to do it. Now I understand how to do it. I talk to it like I talk to the devil. No, you don't. You don't control me. I control you. I live out of my spirit. I'm spiritually minded. I'm not fleshly minded. Confusion. 
never comes out of your spirit. Anger never comes out of your spirit. Lust never comes out of your spirit. Addictions never comes out of your spirit. It's all up here. It's all part of your body, your soul, plus demons sometimes are involved as well. Answer them, but for goodness sakes, talk to yourself. Praise God. And we'll, we'll have a great 2020. We'll, we'll, our, our lives will start to go where it's all like this. It will start to go because the spirit brings divine order. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you this evening for your great help to us. Talking to them from my heart. But Lord, I, I really mean it. It's a, it's a discerned revelation that will change them if they'll yield to it. Some of them I need to listen to it again. Lord, I asked Pastor Nancy questions for a number of hours. And they're not even asking me questions. I'm just preaching to them. But Father, they can ask you questions. They can call and talk to our staff. They can make an appointment with me if they need to. Because Father, I want them to catch this. I want them to do this. I want them to have peace. I want them to have peace. There's nothing that can compare to peace. Peace is more valuable than all the money in the world. Peace and life is the most precious commodity. And where there's peace, there's joy. This is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Lord, we want to be right before you. We want to have joy and we want to have peace. And we do that by living out of our spirit. And we can control our thoughts. They do not have to dominate us. They do not have to run wild. We can grab them and pull them into subjection. And then tap into our spirit because the word has been put in there because we've meditated and read it. Because we've prayed in the Holy Ghost, we've got stuff. Our spirit man is active and the Holy Ghost on the inside will help and, and we will yield to that aid and we will become spiritually minded with life and peace. I bless them. I thank you for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.